On today's episode of Watch Time, we're going to be talking about how you can make your cell phone videos more cinematic. Stick around. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional. With Flex Media's Kathy Zip and Bill Barona. All right, everybody, welcome back to Watch Time. This is Bill Barona, and I just wanted to take a quick minute before we jump into this podcast because this is another episode similar to the Instagram TV episode where we recorded this pre-coronavirus. Now, we put some of these episodes on hold because we wanted to bring you more relevant content and some of the interviews that we were doing to try and help you out. And I've noticed a lot of people are creating their own content while they're at home. There's a lot more videos on whether it be Instagram TV or YouTube or just even short little Facebook videos. And I thought that this episode would definitely be helpful for what people are putting together. In this episode, we interview a really important team member of ours, Valerie Garrett. And Val is a film student at Cleveland State University. Now, Kathy and I thought it would be a great opportunity to sit down with her because she does have video experience and she is also going through a program where she's learning the tips and tricks of cinematic filmmaking. So we decided to put our own spin on this and try and talk to Val about how you can apply these things to cell phone videos. So we're gonna hit on two very key important factors in this podcast and that's the basics of video, just your average getting a stable shot, your lighting and your sound, and then also some shot composition and how you can start to get creative with where you're positioning your camera so you can get more professional looking video. Now I know a lot of people are gonna say that because we have experience in video production and really nice equipment that that is why we're able to get cinematic shots, that's why we're able to get higher quality video. And I'm gonna tell you that that really is not the case. You'd be surprised at what you can do with a cell phone and just having a cheap light and also a cheap microphone. It makes a huge difference versus just going selfie mode with your camera. So sit back, listen to the episode, and hopefully it'll give you some great ideas on how you can start making your shots look even better next time you press record. Here's the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Watch Time. We have a special episode today with a very special guest. Bill, would you like to tell our listeners about our very special guest? Yeah, I am honored to introduce Valerie Garrett, who is our cinematographer and editor, and she is also a film student at Cleveland State University. And today we're going to talk to her a little bit about how to make your videos look more cinematic on a budget. So for those of you listening that are thinking, I don't own a camera, or I only have my cell phone, or I have a cheap camera, there are tricks and tips that you can start implementing today in order to make better videos. So without taking up too much time, Val, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, well, thank you guys for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. This is actually my first ever podcast, so this will be a very new experience for me. (laughs) All right. Um, But a little bit about myself. So I had a passion for videography since I was about 10 years old. Um, I am the biggest Star Wars nerd ever, and that's actually what really inspired me when I was a kid. I just could nonstop watch the movies, and I would be like, I don't... I want to know how to do this. I want to know how to make something look so awesome. And I just want to continue doing that for the rest of my life. So I, I remember I used to take up these little flip cameras or like 50 bucks a piece. My dad would buy them when I was a little kid. I would make little Lego videos. I would make, um, I would take my neighbors down the street and I would just like pull them aside just for this little video and make. And quite literally, I never stopped. Like I did this throughout high school. I, 
continue doing it as I'm um, my sophomore year I'm in college right now at Cleveland State University. And um, but yeah, that's pretty much like how in the sense I got started. Um, currently, I'm a freelance videographer and I also work with Flex Media here. And I have a passion to tell stories in Cleveland and about um, stories from business owners here in Cleveland. I think Cleveland has a lot more to offer than people see it. And I really love to tell their stories. So my question, just listening to the beginning of everything you were saying is, right. what's your favorite Star Wars character and why? Oh, my favorite Star Wars character? Um, honestly, I know that it's like such a minor character, but I'm obsessed with the little Ewoks. <laughs> They're so cute and so furry. And honestly, I get a lot of nostalgia looking at Carrie Fisher, too, because I really miss having her. Yeah. I love the Ewoks. I, I always tell my cat that she looks like an Ewok sometimes yeah. because the, sometimes the way the way she's laying, I'm just like, oh, you look like a little Ewok bear right. creature. And they're so cute. so cute. Yeah. Did you see that commercial? I don't. I think it was probably a couple months ago. It was like um, I don't even know if it was a national commercial or if it was like local, but it was the one where um, they were like running out to get the dog that looked like Chewbacca. Oh and, no, I haven't. Oh, I need you to have watch to see it. that. It's I so good. To. Like yeah. the kids like excited he like is trying to get the dad to like take him out and he like keeps putting this picture of this dog right and um like it looked like Chewbacca and then somebody got the dog and he was like all sad and then all of a sudden he like you heard like the Empire's music start playing right, and then right. this cage like shot open and there was a cat that looked like Darth Vader and he oh was, my gosh. took this so cat home it was the funniest <laughs> thing I was like this is like a Star Wars fan's dream right right now like if I get a dog, it has to look like Chewbacca. Like, there's no other, there's no other route I'm going. So oh, yeah, definitely. Did you have you seen the Mandalorian yet? Um, I only saw two episodes so far. I've been extremely busy, and I'm on spring break now, thankfully. So I'm hopefully I can crack down and watch it. So Baby Yoda, yes, yes. No? I, I, I Baby Yoda's <laughs> the cutest. Like I, I like it. Like I don't know. I think it's a, it's really shot really beautifully. I love watching it. Um, like I've only seen two episodes so far, but I want to continue watching the rest. So. So that kind of brings me into like my next question to tie. I know we're going in uh, Star we Wars. Could, oh, well, I know we're going off on a Star Wars rampage, and I don't right. know if everybody likes it as much as we do. And maybe that's a different episode. But right. um, but what's your favorite piece of like video gear? Like, what's your favorite thing um, that you own, or your favorite thing that you used, and kind of why do you love it? Um, so my favorite piece of gear that I had, I don't get to use it as much as I would like, but I love my. I have a motorized glide track. And it just creates the most smoothest shots. And if you ever need those little micro promos for like any type of business, it's just, it's so smooth. The videos, like you can capture like with, like it just makes your videos so much more um, appealing to the eye. Even if it's just a slow push in, a slow push out, or if you even focus racking from one object to another, um, I think it just adds another layer to videos, even though it's so simple. So what I'm going to do, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I'm going to unpack yeah. it a little bit because I don't know if everyone that's listening is going to know. So can you explain a little bit more like what a glide track is? So yeah. So a glide track or a lot of you people know, um, they're also called a slider. And essentially, you can either move this manually or you can have a motorized version where you control with a remote. But it allows you to move. Um, you put your camera on this and you're allowed you can like move it from left to right. You can push it in slowly or quickly or you can dolly back with it. Um, and it's a very neat tool. And you can find these even on Amazon, um, Amazon, eBay, wherever, honestly, anywhere online, they have a variety of different ones that you can take a look at. Is this something that um, if somebody was to, I guess, if they didn't own one, um, would you would you recommend ever like if they were found a way to like maybe 
steadily push their kind of like oh, pushing yeah. their camera in for sure when i was like in middle school i remember i looked up on film riot which was a youtube page i was like super hyped about and i still watch some of their videos today um you can take a cloth and put your camera on it and you can just pull it very very slowly and same thing with a tripod essentially if you want to get some very smooth panning movements you can just get a hair tie and just pull it very very slowly and make sure all your um he like the heads on there are very loose but just be careful with it so it doesn't drop so you don't pull it too hard but you can get some really smooth shots and that's again just something to to make your your video a little more interesting that's kind of what we're trying to get at today where are some simple things that you can incorporate even if you know you're an amateur um you know videographer or you know your, your major role is marketing or you're a business owner um just to add a little more interest and, and give it a more professional cinematic look. Right. And I think another note too, is that every time, like in my personal experiences, which I think people um, struggle on is that you just have to think simple, like those simple things make such a big difference on your film or your narrative, like narrative film, corporate film, whatever you want to make, like just think simple, like those little things, just watch movies, watch commercials and see what they do. And a lot of it is just those simple movements and they really do make a difference and actually create an emotion with your audience. Is there any other um, advice that you have for, uh, again, business owners, marketers, people maybe that aren't super well versed in um, working with a camera all the time um, to really add some interest to their videos? Even if they're working with a cell phone, they have minimal, minimal gear and minimal experience. Right. Um, the biggest thing for me, honestly, is just to go out and do it. Um, I, the best way I learned is that I went to the park when I had just like an hour of my free time. And I would just take some videos of anything and everything and just becoming comfortable, even if it's a small, cheaper camera, or if it's a bigger camera. As long as you become comfortable with the camera that you own, even if it's an iPhone, you can take some incredible, incredible videos. Um, that's my biggest tip on that. So practice. Yes. Yeah, practice, practice. It really practice does make perfect. And I definitely like your uh, what you were saying about, you know, watching movies and watching TV I feel and commercials. I feel like what happens is so many people take that for granted. Like they, they'll sit down and watch a movie. And I know like when I watch a movie, I'm definitely very in like a veg out mode. Like I want to just follow the story and veg out. And you don't realize the shots that go together. And I think that if based on like what you were saying, I think if people would actually stop and maybe still enjoy it, but maybe like take the next scene and say, let's just see how many times the camera cuts or let's just see how many times, like, are they pushing in or are they pulling the camera out or what are they doing? And I think that might give people some more ideas. I think that's an awesome. Oh, way. absolutely. What I do, um, I have to watch movies twice. I always do. Um, the first time, like my brain's running crazy and I'm just trying to figure out exactly what the filmmaker um, chose with their shot choices, lenses, all that fun stuff. Um, but then I always pick out my favorite scene and I, I watch it over a few more times and I see how they broke it down um, the best way that I can. What is something that you think that um, our listeners could start doing right now? Um, maybe something they could invest in, um, something a little, um, maybe not too expensive, something affordable that you know maybe a small business owner um, could go out and pick up and that could kind of help them make better videos. Absolutely. Even though I know this isn't um, a piece of video equipment per se, but the biggest thing that I tell everyone is have a business card. Get a business card and whoever you're talking to, because you will never know who you run into. And honestly, as long as you can show someone that you are passionate about what you're doing and you want to expand and learn, they're going to be more than interested to help you. Um, so business cards are my first thing. And my second thing would be 
Um, just get a nice pair of legs. Get a nice tripod. Um, I think that is um, one of the most key factors. Get a nice tripod. Um, even if, like, my one of the tripods I still use today is probably, like, 200 bucks. <laughs> like, I still use it. It still looks great. Um, it does the job, and that's what I would recommend. And that's important because um, I think that – I know there's times where maybe you want a little bit more movement in, in your shot, but just having that stability, I think, like, really is a basic thing you can do to make your videos look way more professional. You're not just holding a camera making your viewer dizzy. You know, it's something that, that I think people just don't think about. Right. Like, you can always you can always take the camera off the tripod if you want a handheld shot, you know. And there's always ways you can um, establish a smooth shot if you're very careful with your hands um, while holding the camera to get that movement. Um, but... Yeah, like a tripod's a tripod. It does what you need to do. It's perfect for a stationary shot for interviews or testimonials. Um, and then it's also great to have just a nice little panning or a tilting shot. So they're smooth, they work, and adds a little bit more of a dynamic to your videos. What's your thoughts on lighting? I know that's one thing that I, I think when I see like um, business owners or you know marketing professionals that are maybe trying to do it themselves, I feel like lighting is something that very much goes out the window. Do you have any advice on... Um, maybe using existing room light or natural light or, you know, what's something that they might want to, maybe even going to the store and picking up some type of light, like what's your advice on that? Right. Um, I think a really nice soft diffused light is always going to be your friend. Um, and always one of my film professors told me this, um, I'm in a cinematography class and I'm really been trying to crack down on lighting. And one of the biggest things is, um, analyzing the, what, what light is being motivated in the room and seeing that motivated light and how it plays with your scene. Um, you're, you're trying to depict the real world a lot of the times or you're trying to manipulate your audience and you have to choose um, which one of the factors that you're trying to do for your film or your video. Um, and the biggest thing is just see where the lights are coming from and see how they're affecting. Just go on each light that you have in the room and just turn them off and on and see how they're affecting Um just see how they're affecting the room, see how they're affecting each person and subject. And I would say um, you can invest in other lights from there if you want to. But if you're just starting, just see how the lights work. Um, that would be my biggest advice. What's your thoughts for people listening that may be using natural light? I know you're talking about that soft diffuse light, which that would definitely be. Um, but using the window for maybe a light source. Yeah. Um, so for windows, I would just be careful in the time of day that you're shooting. Um, so you don't want to shoot at like from 12 to three, the, your lighting is going to be the worst. Um, but in the morning, it, there's a quite possibility that the light isn't going to be that strong um, because the sun's blaring and the sun's always changing. So sometimes your light's not going to be consistent. That's a fact. And um, you want to make sure that you're either using that window, maybe as like a kicker, maybe you're using that um, to maybe fill in like some parts of the subject's face or the object, but you just have to be careful when you're looking um, and using window light. What's your thoughts on audio? Like for somebody that's maybe using their cell phone, is the cell phone mic good enough? Is that something worth investing in something, some other type of mic? And if so, if you could only have one mic, what would that mic be as, as not as a video professional, but like maybe as a small business owner? Yeah, um, as a small business owner, the number one mic that I would own is a lav mic, um, a lavalier. Um, they are so nice. Um, they have a really rich sound. Um, and to me, I think you can't shoot audio on your iPhone. It's, it's pretty rough because um, I think even though the shots might look nice, I, I'm going to turn off the video right away if the audio is crap. I can't. Um, that's just that's me. Um, 
but yeah. Again, it makes your your video look just that much more professional when people can hear it. And um, and so much just, you know, been as I've been working in the video industry, just there's things that you don't think about. Like you think, oh, a nice wide open room to shoot this video in and you get echo. So being aware of things like that, you know, how the, how the sound is, is um, bouncing off the walls in the room. And I think like with the lavalier mic, the difference is you're getting much closer to the speaker's voice and um, it's much more direct. And then it's like you're actually in the room having a conversation with them. Right, exactly. Like, um, I just think it's worth the investment. Like definitely like they're not that expensive out there too. Like you can still get... I know for a fact, under $500, you can still get a really nice basic, you know, a tripod, audio, and throw on a few lights. Um, just be careful. Like, watch like watch on Amazon, watch on eBay, you know. There, there's deals out there, and you can definitely get them. Yeah, and just so all the listeners know, too, in case you're not quite sure, Lavalier microphone, that's that mic that's clipping on somebody's shirt. Um, and those actually could get picked up on Amazon. So if you're using your cell phone, I know... Um, we had Adam Correo on a past show, and um, he's actually done some videos for his YouTube channel, and he picked up um, a lavalier for, like, maybe it was $22, and um, they actually sent him a second one free for investing in their uh, their product just because at that time they had a deal running. And um, I've listened to his videos and watched them, and they actually sound pretty good. So you definitely can pick up some good audio gear for your cell phone for relatively cheap so yeah it's, it's just a starting point too you know as you grow you can invest more and more into other pieces of audio so moving into shot composition kind of as we were talking about before that's what you know i think um we really want to know as a cinematographer how can you take your your basic videos to the next level so um we were talking about the slider before getting different movement but what else should people be thinking of when it comes to shot composition you know are you are you rather than just like holding up your phone or camera and like getting somebody straight on, what's a more professional way to think about how you're either framing an individual or um, your product? Right, exactly. There's um, a lot of visual factors that come into play. Like I'll just name off a few. Um, there's always, you're always looking for color. You're always looking for tone, um, leading lines, rhythm, character movement, and camera movement. Um, those are some, some of the factors. There's so many more out there. Um, but when I'm framing up a shot, I want to know, I just look, is there anything that's jarring in here that just does not look like it belongs? Like if someone's wearing, if you're interviewing someone with a blue shirt, for example, and you see like a neon pink, like water bottle, or like if it's like a, like a, yeah, like a, a plastic water bottle, you know, like you, you just got to get rid of it, you know, cause people are going to be staring right at that, you know? And I always have to think, like, because colors matter and you want it. Once again, um, there's so many different scenarios on where your film or video and what you're trying to convey um, in your story. But I, I think that you should understand what colors matter. And if you want your character to be blended in, in, in its environment there or do you want it to stand out? So um, color is one of the really biggest things. Another use of shot composition that I really look forward to is leading lines. So you can essentially have um, your subject or product at the edge of a table and your audience is looking down that line and it's almost pointing to where you want your audience to look. Um, so that's another thing that I use um, quite often, actually. Um, I think it's a really nice sign of symmetry as well um, if you have it correctly lined up. Um, that's a big thing for me. And um, you want to make sure you stay consistent between your shots. Um, and once, once again, if it, if your script calls for something that's going to be jarring, obviously in the next shot, you're going to want to change your, your tones, your colors. Every story, there's you have an act one, act two, act three. And 
you always want to have a clear understanding what you're going to display in each of those and um, always constantly thinking about what's in your frame and what's the meaning of your story. You just have to constantly be thinking, um, how are you going to make that the, look the best and the most visually appealing? One thing, too, I, I know that uh, everything you were touching on there from all those principles, there are two principles that I really wanted to touch on that I think um, these are two things that our listeners can start doing right away. Right. But I wanted to get your advice on what they should be doing with them. And the first one is rule of thirds. And the second one, I figure, is the 180 degree rule, which I know can be broken. But maybe talk about what that what both of those things are this way they can start using those. Right. My old high school teacher um, in my media tech class always said, like, you can break rules. You're, you're a genius if you know how to break the rules and you have a good, meaningful reason for them. But you should always know when you're first starting what those rules are. So for rule of thirds, you want to think that there is a grid in front of you, vertical and horizontal lines, and you want your subject's eyes to be one third down from the screen. Um, that's just proper rule of thumb. Um, once again, you can break those rules, but you need to know um, where they are. So then for the 180, you don't want to be... So if you think of a horizon, you want to be shooting on one side of that horizon um, when you're shooting um, a sequence. Because if you're jumping, that's going to be jarring to your audience. And, you know, they did that on The Shining where they, they, jar, um, they had some jarring shots where they broke the 180, but that was for a very specific moment in the story where your audience is supposed to feel um, almost scared. They're, they're supposed to feel scared. They're supposed to feel worried. And that, that's a perfect example of breaking the 180. But for most situations, you want to make sure you're staying pretty consistent. You don't want to cross that line. So does that have to do, too, with I know one thing we're always careful about is, um, especially if you are having um, the, uh, the subject speaking to someone off camera, how should, how should you be cognizant of where they're looking? Right. Yeah. So for you always want to have good look room and headroom. So you always want to make sure you have a little bit of headspace left um, on the top of the frame. And you want to make sure wherever your subject's looking, they should have some space there. And that's called your negative space. And you want to make sure that they the direction that they're looking, you should have that space right next to them. Because if they're kind of hugged up to the edge of the framework in the center, they're going to kind of feel enclosed and trapped. And then once you're doing that intentionally, um, that would be the only reason why I would ever encourage to do that. Um, but you always want to make sure you have that space there because um, it makes it feel very inviting for your audience. And that's something, too, I think, to mention that um, to everyone listening, that if you're ever watching a movie or if you're watching online videos from people and you see that um, you just feel uncomfortable, like you're like, I don't know what it is, but something about this just feels uncomfortable to me. It's probably because they broke one of those rules. And like Val was saying, like with The Shining, they did that for a specific reason. But a lot of times when you're starting out, you don't know you're breaking these rules. And then people kind of watch that and they just they get left with this weird, empty feeling or this weird like something doesn't make sense or something doesn't add up feeling with your videos. Yeah. Unless you're making a horror film, you probably don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It all goes back to body language. You know, what do they say? 60 or 80 percent of human communication is, is through body language, not what they're saying. So keeping in mind, you know, where their eyes are and the look space and everything, you know, it has to feel natural so that, um, you know, it's the body language is coming through in a comfortable manner as well. Are there any tips or anything that maybe we forgot about? If not, it's no big deal, but I just figured I would throw it out there in case there's anything maybe you want to talk about. 
Yeah, um, I guess just don't give your subject a haircut. Um, it gets really sad. Like, I, I get so sad when I see people do this because um, you can always punch in a little bit when you're editing. Um, you can't really recover that. If you, you cut, cut off their hair a little bit, it's just you can't recover that file. So And also, I know when I, as you were talking about with the water bottle and everything, too, and cutting off the hair, you want to make sure that nothing is coming out of their head either. That's that's another oh, thing yeah. we always look for. <laughs> <They> see trees. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no weird, you know, lamp behind them where it looks like they have horns or vases or anything like that. You you want to really look at the whole shot before you begin filming. Right. Yeah, it's a big thing for me. So I guess tying all this up, and I know I know there's a lot of information that we've kind of thrown out here, but maybe tying everything up. So if somebody's listening, um, just to kind of simplify it for them, what are three takeaways that you think our, our listeners should start to apply today um, that they can drastically start to change the videos that they're creating? Of course. I would always think when you're framing your shot, look at the colors, see what colors are available and see what colors you can move and see what colors are not available to move. Um, if it's not working for you, try moving the camera. You'll see that there's a lot, there's a lot that can be changed there. Um, and I think you have a lot more room to play with than what a lot of us first starting think. Um, that would be my first tip. So my second tip definitely would be finding out where your motivated light. And when I say motivated light, why is that light hitting this angle? Why is your light hitting this subject for what reason? You need to know why and understand what that light is doing to your subject or product service, whatever you are lighting. Um, and then my third tip would be, I know I did not mention it um, as much, but I'll touch on it briefly. Um, having something in your foreground, middle ground, and background. So having something in your foreground, it's almost having three layers to your um, framing. And I think it adds another sense of definition. So um, having something in your foreground, whether that's in or out of focus, um, I think will add in another um, piece to your video. And then having your main point of focus, either in the middle of your frame or in the background of your frame. You decide which one looks best, but I think that is a great way to start just thinking and evolving your skills. And just to break that third tip down a little bit more, and I kind of want to, I really want to like jump into that a little bit just to help people that are listening understand, like, let's say I'm setting up, um, you know, like we, we do these quick tip videos, like let's say I set the tripod up and I have myself framed in the shot and I'm off to the side and let's say I'm, you know, sitting at a desk in the room. So what, what would you recommend for like foreground, middle ground, background or things like that? Right. Yeah. So I would also, I would think about first, um, what kind of color shirt are you wearing? And if you want to match the scheme of it, find something, let's say if you're wearing a blue shirt, you might want to have something blue in the foreground that's out of focus and it'll make it feel very connected to the video. Um, also I would be aware of the space that you're in. Um, you don't really want anything hugging up against a wall because you're going to create some shadows with your light. Um, so you might just want to nudge things off to the side or off the wall a little bit to see how things um, go. Um, but that would be my best recommendation when it comes to just having things in the foreground, middle ground, and background. And just seeing how dark that background is, how dark or light the middle ground is, and how dark or light the foreground is. If you want that all to be neutral on the same tone or if you want that to be different. Awesome. So you you guys hear that basically like pay more attention. And I think that's kind of been the theme of all three of your tips is being more mindful and paying more attention. I mean, whether it be the colors, the lighting, what's in the background, just don't pull your phone out and start shooting for video's sake and just creating stuff because there's enough stuff out there and we don't need more stuff. Creating meaningful internet. content matters. It matters. Every single shot of a movie is thought 
like so intricately. Like everyone, like they put so much effort into that to make you feel an emotion and you can do the same thing with your iPhone. Awesome. Those were wonderful tips, Val. Thank you so much. It's been great to have your perspective. We appreciate everything you do for Flex Media and for sharing with our audience. Of course. Yeah, Val, thanks so much. These were great tips and they're great advice. And we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And it's something Kathy and I really wanted to have you on here. And we hope to have you on here more just because you come out with us so many times when we we go out to shoot or we're working with clients. So it's great for people to hear your perspective because I know like we're so busy sometimes, you know, a lot of times clients or people that we meet at networking don't get that opportunity. But, um, you know, just to shout yourself out too, like if people want to learn more about you or if people want to check out some of your work, like how can they get in touch with you? How can they see you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I post extremely, I am extremely active on all my social media. Um, you can find me at Valerie Garrett on Facebook or LinkedIn. And um, I use Instagram probably the most at Valerie Garrett Productions, all one word. Um, but yeah, you can find all my stuff on there. I'm trying to become a little bit more personable with my audience on there. You'll see a lot of cat videos and you'll see a lot of Star Wars stuff. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And, um, Thank you to everybody listening. And we want to hear from you as well, whether you have a comment on some of our existing discussions or an idea for a future one, you can contact us at info at flexmediacle.com. You can connect with us on social media and make sure that if you want to hear more, you can, we're now on iTunes and Google play. So subscribe to us on there. Um, We appreciate it. If you could leave us a review because that helps us as well. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So we'll see you next time. May the force be with you. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap.